Hey, what's up? What you been reading lately? Anything good? Oh, cool. I'll have to check that out. I mean, I didn't hear anything what you said, but I'll check something out. Welcome back to the comics that we love. The little engine that could of comic book podcasting. A show where I sit down with a guest each week to talk our favorite stories in comics and dissect what makes them great. Sometimes the creators themselves will join in and help us understand their process and how they attack their work. I am your seasoned veteran of the pro wrestling scene, ready to make my name in the big leagues and see my name in lights. And also, your host, Zach McCrary. Today is a solo run! Just me and you, but mostly me, talking at you. My topic today is independent comics and the independent comics scene and how vital it is to keeping the comics landscape lush and vibrant. At the end, I'll be listing off some of the newer indie books I've been getting into, or have sitting on top of my stack at least, about to be read. But before I hand the reins over to a past version of me who recorded this podcast, I would like to let you know that if you want to support the show, you can hang some dollars on the money tree over at patreon.com forward slash tctwl. We'll give you a shout out on the show, and there are levels for cool stuff like getting episodes a few days early before their normal drop date, as well as my extra show, The post credit Scene, where me and my guests continue our conversation after recording the comics that we love, plus more to come. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash tctwl. And now, without further ado, let's talk the importance of independent comic books. I can't imagine a world where Superman doesn't exist. A world where a family doesn't get engulfed by energy in space and become a team of fantastic heroes. A world where a boy doesn't accidentally lose his eyesight thanks to a crashing chemical truck, but finds the rest of his senses heightened. A world without a farm boy from Kansas who secretly is an alien who crash lands on our planet as a baby and is raised by truly good, hardworking people. I just can't. Superheroes are so important in our culture, today and yesterday. It's one of the most overused phrases in comic books, but Marvel and DC truly are responsible for our very own pantheon of gods, our modern mythology. These heroes have been elevated to such high statuses that the companies who own them curate the changes to them and stories told about them with a fine-toothed comb. Is there still room for creativity? Absolutely. But only to a certain extent. And usually, once a story is finished being told, that old status quo comes back around and our heroes go back to home base. Usually anyway. Not always. Companies like Marvel and DC are incredibly important to the comic book industry as a whole. Hell, they make up most of said industry. But equally important 
are those who exist outside of that landscape. Today, I want to talk about what lies beyond the golden cities of Marvel and DC and the heroes that dwell within. Today, I want to convey to you the importance of independent comics and why, if you aren't already, you should absolutely give them a chance and support them. To do that, I'm going to start by pulling from my ridiculous wealth of pro wrestling knowledge, but please stay with me. I swear that all of this is going to make sense and tie up nicely. So, sit tight. It's story time, baby! In the modern pro wrestling scene in America, there are two major companies, AEW and the mega power, the WWE. When non-wrestling folk think of wrestling, it's WWE, period. But it wasn't always that way. During the early days of pro wrestling, the country was split into territories, invisible, agreed-upon lines that wrestling promotions did not cross, because that would mean encroaching on their neighbor's business. See, every territory had a different wrestling promotion. Before cable TV was a thing, the only wrestling you saw was what was local to you. There was the WWF, formerly the WWWF, and now the WWE, running in the Northeast. You had Georgia Championship Wrestling, Championship Wrestling from Florida, World Class out in Texas, and Mid-South Wrestling. That's only to name a few each with their own distinct style, roster, championships, and region. What that created was the possibility of stardom for far more pro wrestlers than there is today. And even more so, the opportunity for growth. You might have gotten your start and learned to wrestle in Pacific Northwest Wrestling, but you took that knowledge and became a star in world-class championship wrestling. Guys could go to a territory, make great money, learn from their experiences, get better, and move on to another territory once their hot streak with the fans died down. You were constantly on the road, always learning and getting better. Of course, Vince McMahon had other thoughts. His father had lived by those rules of the business. You keep your product in your space. But Vince, he saw big money in going national and eventually global. So he started poaching the best talent from all over the territories. Hell, even Hulk Hogan, the guy who would become synonymous with the WWE, was poached from the AWA in the Midwest. Hulk didn't cut his teeth in the WWE. He got there already polished and ready for stardom. See where I'm going yet? So eventually the territories began to dry up and die. And it was because Vince had begun to tour the country, make cable TV deals, and take every guy who was a top draw from his competition. Because, make no mistake, the peace of the territory days was dead. By the 1990s, the territories completely dead, and only a few small promotions were still running outside of the WWE. And also, WCW, which was owned by millionaire, actually billionaire, Ted Turner. But wrestling could still thrive, because the guys, wrestling had all still come out of that era of wrestling. There were still hundreds of polished sports entertainers who could be brought in to work crowds and tell great stories. That started to dwindle a bit as the 90s went on, to the point where WWE and WCW wound up just constantly poaching from one another. It was just back and forth, guys going back and forth. As the late 90s and early 2000s hit, though, there began a resurgence of pro wrestling outside of WWE. It was known as the independent scene. Small promotions all around the country were getting hot again, 
as young, hungry talent started showing off a very different style than what you saw on television. And it took a while, but the WWE, now the last big company active, took notice. And it did what it always had. It made big offers and began taking talent off the indies, to the point where, if you look at most of the top guys of both WWE and AEW now, you'll see people who cut their teeth traveling the country on the indies, plying their craft and learning to tell great stories. Guys like Brian Danielson, Seth Rollins, John Moxley, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe. The wrestling industry is better when there are smaller places for young talent to learn what they're doing and figure out how to be better. A place where passion alone will drive creatives to be the best they can be. The same is true for the comic book industry. But the truth is, it goes even further than that. Companies like IDW, Scout Comics, Lesser Known Comics, AWA, not the 80s wrestling promotion, Dark Horse, Oni Press, Valiant, Boom Studios, Dynamite Entertainment, Ahoy Comics, Avatar, Humanoids, Top Shelf, hell, even Image still sorta counts as an indie. These are companies willing to take chances on young talent with no prior experience who come in with big ideas just looking for an opportunity to make their dreams come true. These companies are where stars of tomorrow are created, where people who will eventually write Batman, the Justice League, X-Men, the Incredible Hulk are going to come from. Because like the WWE, Marvel and DC only have so many top spots for creators, and so they want the best, proven commodities, and they find those people through the independent circuit. But that's not all. You see, once you've reached the zenith, once you've become your Jonathan Hickmans, Peach Momokos, Scott Snyders, your Tom Kings, Joel Jones, your Greg Capullos, and G. Willow Wilsons, then you need a place to return to to charge your batteries. Work for hire is where the money is, DC, Marvel, but the absolute creative freedom and ownership from top to bottom of your creations that you get from the independent comic scene is imperative for creators that we know and love to not only continue to make the living that they have, but also to satisfy their creative urges outside of characters who already exist. And of course, to give us hundreds of thousands of tremendous stories and characters to enjoy. Again, a comparison between wrestling and comics comes to mind. The American Nightmare Cody Rhodes, the son of wrestling legend Dusty Rhodes, began his career with the WWE, mostly thanks to nepotism. No offense to Cody Rhodes. But eventually, he grew tired of his position in the company and the stagnation of his character. So, he bet on himself, and he let his contract end. After that, Cody hit the indie scene hard and fast. Over the next number of years, he'd work for Impact Wrestling, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Ring of Honor, and others. He'd make a name for himself even brighter than the star of the former WWE superstar tag would give him. He grew past it. He then helped form the only real competition that WWE has now, AEW. He was the face of that company for its first few years, and then eventually decided it was time to go back to the WWE, having proven he was a star at a level they never saw in him. Now, he's about to main event WrestleMania for the championship, but he needed to leave the work-for-hire scene where he was stuck doing what he was told and create his own identity, his own magic. Outside of Marvel and DC, that's what creators can do. They can take their own ideas, mold them, publish them, and know that all of that was theirs. 
just like Cody did when he left WWE and became the American Nightmare. It's so absolutely important that we, the comic book lover, like the fanatic, helps to keep the comic book business filled with smaller publishers who will provide a place for young, hot talent to figure themselves out and create the things they're most passionate about. It's thanks to places like that that we have the megastars that we do. Not only does it provide a jumping-off point for fresh faces, but also provides a safe place for those who have already proven themselves to toy around with the things they want to build that maybe the big two have no need for. So, when you go to your local comic shop, by all means, hit Marvel and DC's shelves. I'm not here to talk crap on Marvel and DC. I love those characters. I'm a diehard Spider-Man guy, Batman guy, X-Men guy. I love Marvel and DC. I grew up reading them. I continue to read them. Read all of your favorite characters. But do yourself a favor. Peruse the rest of the store. Give some independent books a chance and help the comic book landscape stay lush and green for years to come. You won't regret it. And you know, before we get going, actually, let me tell you a bit about some of the books I've been reading lately, just to let you know about the amazing stories that are being told in independent comics. I mean, if you listen to this show, then you probably already know all of the amazing stuff going on. So for instance, we've got the book White Savior, coming out of Dark Horse. Now, that title has it's got some connotation to it, but it's, it's, a, it's a samurai satire written by Eric Nguyen and Scott Berman with art by Eric Nguyen. And here is what Dark Horse has to say about the book. So, an ancient prophecy foretold of an outsider that would save the peaceful village of Inoki from an unstoppable army a man who would confuse the people at first with his unconventional ways, but lead them to the light. Nathan Guerin, captain in the United States Army, known for his viciousness in battle on the American frontier, could be that man, if he weren't such an awful drunken idiot. Now it's up to Japanese-American teacher Todd Parker to warn the good people of Inoki of Guerin's true nature before he causes the very death and destruction they are counting on him to avert. I love the idea of this because it truly does subvert the idea of the white savior, which we get in movies like Dances with Wolves or or The Last Samurai with Tom Cruise. It really takes that idea and turns it on his head, its head and kind of presents this this uh this idea that the the white savior might not all be all he's cracked up to be. And that is something that I think is a lot of fun. And this book is really interesting. It's only a five issue run, I want to say. So real easy to go and grab the first couple issues that have come out and catch up with this story. And you'll be able to, you know, jump on board and, and get the whole thing. And that one's from Dark Horse Comics, by the way. Next up, from Image Comics is the book Black Cloak. This is from Eisner Award-winning writer Kelly Thompson with art from Meredith McLaren. I am really, really digging this story so far. It's like a sci-fi mystery adventure. And here's a little bit about it. Eisner Award-winning writer Kelly Thompson heads to Image for the first time with Black Cloak, an all-new series with artist Meredith McLaren, Blade Runner style mixes with saga-esque drama in a delectable fantasy sci-fi blend as two black cloaks 
try to solve the murder of a beloved prince in Kyros, the last city in the known world, before his murder tips the city into war. The mystery begins in this spectacular triple-length first issue. Yeah, so issue number one, triple-length, folks, for four ninety-nine. You can't beat that. It's a really interesting story so far. I really like Meredith McLaren's art. I've talked on the show before about art that seems simple to the to the naked eye when you first look at it. Like the the line work very simple, the color very simple, but it's not. It is it is with intention. Everything in this book is with intention and the art floats between a little eerie and also really cute. It's it, it rides that line really well depending on what the scene is and I really appreciate that. The story is fun. It's got kind of a pulp noir kind of vibe with a little bit of that sci-fi fantasy mixed in. I mean, they said Blade Runner. So there you go. I fully suggest checking out Black Cloak. I believe there are three issues deep right now. I'm still catching up. My pile is so deep, but uh, the first two issues, very fun. The next book also from Image Comics is from my man, Jeff Lemire, and that is Phantom Road number one. Folks, this book did so well that it sold out like they had to rush a reprint of it. It's doing that kind of well. So here's the deal. Dom is a long haul truck driver attempting to stay ahead of his tragic past when he stops one night to assist Bertie, who has been in a massive car crash. They pull an artifact from the wreckage that throws their lives into fifth gear. Suddenly, a typical midnight run has become a frantic journey through a surreal world where Dom and Bertie find themselves the quarry of strange and impossible monsters. It's grindhouse horror meets high-concept supernatural fantasy. I mean, say no more. I'm on board. This was a really fun first issue. For the most part, at least to me, the first issue didn't really get to the horror vibes. It was it was really working its way towards that. You know what I mean? And uh, I, it, it was just like, it kind of starts out almost like a slice of life trucker story that by the end of the first issue, you kind of see where we're going. And man, I mean, it's Jeff Lemire. If you can't trust that name by this point, I, I, have you been reading comics? Seriously, Phantom Road number one. Check it out. Image Comics. And we got a couple from Boom Studios that I've been really enjoying. Let me tell you about them. First up, Know Your Station. It's a series from writer Sarah Gailey uh, with art from Liana Kangas, uh, who did True Cult. Sarah Gailey did Eat the Rich and Magic for Liars. So here's a bit about the story. The wealthiest people in the solar system abandon the Earth for a private sanctuary in space, leaving the rest of us to die amidst cataclysmic climate change. But the 1% won't be safe for long. A murderer is on the loose, specifically targeting the super-rich. Soon, Elise, an employee of the billionaire space station, is wrapped up in a deadly investigation with each issue featuring a new, diabolically different kill. And folks, let me just tell you, this story, really quickly, gets bonkers. I don't want to give away anything about it. But Elise's like possible connection to everything that's going on is really interesting because she's a normal person who got lucky enough to get off of the dying planet because she's working for the billionaires who are you know just still living in the lap of luxury on this space station. Fun, 
murder mystery romp from Boom Studios. Again, know your station. I highly suggest it. Another one from Boom Studios, because they've got some good stuff, is the book Mosley from Rob Gallori. Gallori? Sorry. And Sam Lofty. In the hyper-technological world of the late 21st century, Mosley is a bitter old janitor on a mission from a higher power to unleash holy hell upon the too-big-to-fail tech gods. Can one man bring down the corporate powers who've used their vast influence to oppress an all-too-complacent human race and hopefully win back the favor of his estranged family while he's at it? Mosley's taking up the holy hammer, and you better believe he's gonna smash some stuff it's another word, until he sets mankind free. Okay, just one more. And this one I've been really getting into. I've been following it. It's from Aftershock Comics. Uh, it's been it's been having a few issues getting released, but, you know, Aftershock's going through some stuff, wishing them the best. This one's by Brian Hawkins and art by Sammy Cavella. And this is called The Vineyard. The Vineyard is a family-owned winery that sows and reaps by the blessings of the great god of wine and revelry, Dionysus. However, the Vines family's patron god requires complete devotion in the form of four sacrificial killings a year before each harvest. This has been done in unfettered obeisance, but all of that changed when the family's patriarch, Didac Vines, was in a horrible accident that left him paralyzed and in a wheelchair. Now, the sacrificial and murderous duties of the Vines family have fallen to wife and matriarch Marantha Vines. With harvest season fast approaching and the family short of their annual sacrificial killings, Marantha's struggle with her conscience puts all of her family, her husband, son, and daughter, in jeopardy. This has been a really, really wild read, folks. Uh, the um, I love the art. The covers on each of them are so cool. It's got a general layout of the, the vineyard and the, the, the V is a tree in the center. And then some grape leaf, like the vines kind of wrapping around a circle. Like we're looking down into a wine glass. And then each image for each issue is different within the wine glass. And they're, they're just so cool. It's really unique. I, I like where they're going with this story. And I'm looking forward to seeing it through. I'm not sure if this is a mini-series, a maxi-series, how many issues we're getting. But it's about four issues deep now. And I really do think it's worth your time to jump into. Again, Aftershock Comics, The Vineyard. But folks, this is just a snippet of what's great about indie comics. You heard all of those vastly different stories being told by great minds across comic books we truly are living in a golden age of comics and i'm going to go ahead and tout some other podcasts while i'm at it here because if you're looking to get into indie comics it can be a bit daunting because maybe you're not like me i i like to go in just eyeball a cover and decide oh that seems interesting and grab it maybe your your budget's a little bit more tight than that let me suggest going and checking out the podcasts I read comic books, which uh, you'll recognize because I've been on I've been on that show. I posted it in my feed. Mike Rappin, the host, is going to be on the show next week. Actually, uh, it's a great it's a great podcast. 
and they talk every week about the comic books that they are reading, and it really helps me to find new books that are fun. Another great podcast that does the same thing is the First Issue Club, which literally does just that. The hosts of the podcast go and find number one issues of new comics and discuss whether they're good or worth reading on their show. That's the whole point of it. So I'd suggest those two shows specifically if you want to get deeper into indie comics but don't really have a good gateway. They can be your gateway. Anyway, folks, I don't want you to think that I'm downing on the big two and I'm downing on anyone who loves superheroes. I really do love the characters of Marvel and DC. I love Spider-Man. You know, I, I, I'd still get into reading these books. I, I love Batman. I love The Flash. But we truly are in a golden age when it comes to comics and, and, uh, and the creators of comics. And we should totally take advantage of that and support their endeavors so that one day the people creating these indie books, these small, you know, short print indie books can move on to the stardom of doing a run on Venom, you know, that you love and becomes your favorite or things like that. Do you know what I'm saying? Enjoy your indie books. Enjoy your comics in general, folks. And I'll see you next week. And that's a wrap for this week. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a five-star review and leave us a user review on your favorite podcast app. It'll really help the show continue to grow and find new listeners. You know what else will? Tell a friend. Tell ten. If they like comics, they should know about the comics that we love. If you want to support the show and get lots of extra podcasts and other content as well, there is a Patreon that helps keep the lights on and internet connected so that we can continue bringing you that sweet nerd media. Links to that in the show notes. Thanks for listening to the show, and as always, keep reading, keep dreaming, peace. The comics that we love.